0: Welcome to Love Amped, an exploration of healing others through healing ourselves. Check out loveamped.com for additional resources and support.
1: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Love Amped. Wait, what is that, an intro song? Yes, that's right, we're upping our game, we got an intro song thanks to Andrew Knack, um, aka Yuxi. um, this is freaking great, like listen to this, listen to this, wow, we are upping the game, oh, listen to that part, oh, look at that melody, oh, (laughs) so good, anyway, so yeah, thanks to Knack, um, for making that intro, Uh, We got a great episode with our good friend Adam Balk, going to talk about uh, experiencing like depression in college and kind of basically the whole rigmarole of like what I believe a lot of people experience going through college these days. Um, Yeah, so buckle in and uh, let's get in there. Adam I've been recording this whole time.
0: <laughs> Is that true? I don't know. No, like, not at I all. Don't. I just started it. <laughs> incredible, incredible, man. Here That's really are.
1: cool. Wow, Adam Balk, tell us where we are.
0: Um, right now, we are in Redmond, Washington. Uh, we're walking along the Sammamish River Trail. Or, I guess, uh, we get, and dude, first one, first one of it. We got the bikes, popular biking trail, people coming on by. Uh yeah, that's so cool. This just is, out what, for a beautiful summer day, man. Like what are what's your favorite river trail memory? <laughs> what's your favorite? <laughs> dude, that's that's hard to say, man. I just have so many.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that great,
0: dude? I've been down this trail, yeah. Like a. That's bunch the river of trail. Times.
1: Give me three quick examples. Uh, like, quick examples,
0: here. dude. Yeah. I, I uh, I remember when you used to live right on the river trail, mm-hmm. and I uh, and then I remember there was a a couple week period of time where I was like a little bit homeless and I was crashing <laughs> on your couch, and I would come out and run down the river trail every morning. Wow. Yeah, man. That's that's great. Yeah. Also had a. Uh, one of my first ever uh, psychedelic experiences walking down this river trail. Oh my goodness. Yeah. LSD. Yeah, that was right. That was my first time I ever did LSD. I walked down this river trail and that was a, that was a fun experience. You're seeing the bikers make the trail. The tra- oh, didn't I
1: say like, yeah. I was like, wait, so I'm guessing these bikes are making quite the trails right now. Oh yeah. They were making, you're like, yeah,
0: they were making crazy rainbow contrails. And it was kind of, it was pretty beautiful. Yeah man, that was a fun experience. Um, third one. Oh dude, I don't I don't know if I got a third one. Just shit. dude, the ducks. I love the ducks. That's out. what I'm talking about. I love feeding the ducks out here. Don't feed the ducks. What? <laughs> They're fine, they want that everybody's having a win. Everyone's having a good time. You're like the ducks want bread. I want the ducks to be happy. Like, we're all having a win. There's no need to stop that from happening. Okay,
1: feed the ducks. Okay,
0: thank you. Thank you. There's little otters on the wall. Out of bulk! Mm-hmm. What's the hardest thing you've up? ever
1: gone through? The hard. What's the worst part of your fucking life?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is that what we're doing? I th- I didn't think that's how this podcast started. No um, one,
1: you cannot try to peg this podcast. Oh wow, okay. Incredible. You know
0: what, man? That was that's on me. I didn't mean to pigeonhole you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, I think the roughest part of my life was probably uh, a period of time during my college years out here mm-hmm. and. That's how we know each other a bit, Seth Pearson is mm. we both went to uh the same college out here. Went to Nerd University. <gasps> we did For it. making video games. Wow. So and uh that was a very, very brutal experience. A lot of long hours, mm-hmm. a lot of really, really challenging work and a lot of no sleep. Wow. Yeah. That
1: doesn't sound like a very healthy lifestyle. No,
0: it was it was terrible. I would I don't know if you could pay me to do it again, but the funny thing is I paid someone else like $100,000 to do it, so... Hey, whatever, wow. that's life, I guess. That's a
1: pretty good little trick.
0: Yeah, no, They, they tricked me. That's a good little trick. <laughs> oh, here we go. They are still? Yeah, because yeah, Grace is a I'm trying to interview these people, too. Hold on. No. <laughs> Dude, yeah, man. Chase them down. Chase them down. Excuse me. Excuse
1: me. Uh, what was the hardest part of your life? <laughs> um, okay, so what kind of, like, mindset did that put you in
0: Oh. Um, once you were in it? Hmm well man ooh, uh, this is this is like this is hard to answer um, the that experience as a whole um, I wouldn't say it put me into a mindset so much as it like exacerbated other parts of my mindset like more negative aspects of my mindset that were already there mm. um, I'd say throughout the experience I had a lot of like uh, there's a lot of very consistent negative feedback there's like many parts of life um, there's a lot of feeling like uh, what you're doing isn't enough you feel very like useless or worthless uh when i went into this like when i went to nerd university uh to japan um i kind of went into it as like a like a clueless teenager i'm originally from like the midwest So I, like rural Midwest, just a lot of corn and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of moved out here to go to video game college, because I was uh, like a 19-year-old or something, and people were like, so what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And I was like, I don't know, you know, uh, there's really, when you live in the middle of nowhere, there's the most interesting things are sort of happening on your TV screen. So I spent like my youth playing video games and like watching TV. Oh, good times. Oh yeah, <laughs> the best really. I don't think I could go back and do it again, but- Definitely couldn't do it again. No, nah, nah, but uh, it was good at the time. Totally. Um, so I just came out here, did that, did some video game stuff, and uh, I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. And uh, I just knew that I wanted to make video games. I didn't really know how that worked, and Mm -hmm. nobody I was from had any, like, insight into how that worked. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I spent basically, like, a lot of time, like, learning really difficult stuff that I had, like, no bearing in, like, programming, like, different mathematics, um, and, like, just going through a lot of really hard coursework and Mm -hmm. uh, trying to, like, do my best to keep my head above the water. And uh yeah. Oof. Sorry, man. Um and coming out here was sort of a big thing in and of itself. Yeah, you uh, said
1: your family was like pretty against <laughs> it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, totally. Um when I first moved out here, it was like a huge atomic fight with my family and my parents. Um and this was like Well, how, let me, let me do a quick age remember. Yep so i'm twenty seven so this was about eight years ago or so, so this is a while ago, uh, but yeah, I had like a huge atomic fight with my parents about coming out here, and they were very against it. Um, they kind of wanted me to stay local to uh, rural Illinois, sort of where i 'm from and i was I had this fear that um, if I did that or if I succumbed to that, that I would never actually reach the places I wanted to go in life I never actually like be successful. I'd never get a job making video games because that was my goal at the time. Yep. And so uh, I kind of like defied a lot of that and I wasn't a rebellious kid really at all but this was something where I like put my foot down on the ground and I was like no this is what I'm gonna go do and it left like a really bad rift between me and my family. So I kind of had that I I, I came out here with a very like do or die mentality. It wasn't like oh I'm gonna try this out. Yeah it was like
1: I need to... It sounds like there's a lot of proving going on, Yeah,
0: too. oh, t- totally. There was a lot of, like, I need to prove myself to my family. I need to prove myself to myself. I need to prove myself to these professors and my peers. Yes. I need to prove myself to, like, game companies that I used to, like, fanboy over. That sounds like
1: a lot of pressure, Animal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. I would say so, Seth Pearson. And uh, a lot of that pressure um, made me really depressed. And so I spent a lot of my college time uh being like very very depressed, like deeply depressed. And um uh yeah, and I just had a, a lot of other crazy stuff. I had like um a weird like unhealthy romantic interest going on during Ooh. college too. <laughs> yeah. Um quickly, what did you learn from that? <laughs> what did I learn from that? Yes. Um <laughs>
1: Cuz we could go on with that.
0: Yeah, we could go on with that. This is where uh, like the thing about these big questions yes, is I'm like, wow, man, there's a lot to unpack here. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it's kind of hard to just say one thing. It's like, what was the hardest point in your life? It's like, oh, let me give you the two sentences on that.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Like, totally. It's, it's hard. Uh, that's why I love these questions. <laughs> that's fair enough, man. They definitely dig out a lot of stuff out of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say a thing I learned with that is that... Everyone's going through some type of pain and suffering in life. And everybody is, has some incredible amount of baggage, usually from like their childhood or mm-hmm. how they were raised. like we all have some bullshit we were programmed with that's affecting us even into our adult years. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's got their own like variety of, of pain and suffering, and a lot of people don't know how to deal with those emotions and don't know how to deal with and how don't know how to process or assimilate that suffering and so it kind of comes out as like erratic behavior it kind of comes out as like weird ways to treat other people unhealthy mm-hmm. ways to treat other people and I'm, I'm talking about the romantic interest as much yes. as I'm talking about myself yeah so right. yeah, like this What I'm not just like, yeah, I learned that some people suck <laughs> oh, and that's it. Uh. Like, it was definitely a, a lot of learning about a lot about myself and my own, uh, weird dependencies and weird, like emotional shortcomings. In yeah. Life for sure.
1: Did you, was that the first time that you kind of
0: made the realization that
1: like, it's like, Oh, other people are going through pain instead of. Not like different than like being friends with people and being like, oh yeah, people got their shit. It wasn't <laughs> more like, f- like facing it in, in like a more intimate sense, um, like a different.
0: Oh, uh, uh, that's hard to answer, man. I think the realization of like, oh, everyone suffers, wasn't something I was thinking about in the moment while that was happening. Okay. I think that was like, uh, in hindsight, now that I've removed myself from the situation and I can like look back on it. I think everyone suffers and that's what was happening. Um, I think, in the moment, all I could think about was, like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, I know I'm hurting myself. Yeah. Uh, why am I, like, forcing myself through all these things? And I just and that was, again, feeding into the depression. Yeah. Uh, and I just felt, um, just felt miserable. It was a very bad time man uh yeah yeah man that's that wasn't that wasn't such a that was probably i'd say that three or so year stretch of college was like definitely the hardest thing i've ever gone through my life i wouldn't Mm -hmm. wish that upon anybody wow uh what was what was kind of like did you experience a lot of physical pain (laughs) sort (laughs) of man yeah it manifested in physical pain like i think I th- I think a lot of your head state actually has to do with, you know, how you feel physically, for sure. Mm-hmm. And when you feel very depressed and miserable and you feel very self-loathing, like, your body responds accordingly. Plus, also, you know, during this time period, I was sleeping never. I was, like, n- never, you know, I I wasn't eating healthy because, you know, you got to mm. eat fast. you got to just put whatever yes. bullshit you can in your body. You're in college. You don't have an income. You don't have money. Yeah, it's, you know, eating healthier is more expensive, so you just put, like... There's a lot of ramen, there's a lot of like peanut butter, which, you know, not too bad. There's a lot of like tuna sandwiches. Yeah, and a lot of like cheap, you know, like Wendy's 4 for 4 deals, stuff like that, man. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And so I I feel like there was definitely a physical pain response to it. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And uh, eventually, like those things kind of manifested in like very, like very dark thoughts. Like, so... I'd say this, like, peaked in college. Hmm. Where was this? This is probably around, like, my junior year of college. I felt, like, very, very depressed to the point where I was, like, having suicidal thoughts all the time. Really? Yeah. You had uh, suicidal thoughts? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, that was a really bad point in my life where I just... This... I don't... I Like, I don't... I-I don't, like, get off on being, like, <laughs> like really morbid. Yeah, so I, I won't go into, like, too many details, but I would basically just feel a lot of pain all the time. And I would, like, deal with that pain by, like, fantasizing about, like, my own death. Really? Yeah, that would be, like, such a sweet release from all of this, like, pain and suffering I was mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. Yeah, man, so that was, like, woof, Which, I'm not at all in that headspace anymore. Yeah. Uh, so even, like, thinking back on a time where that was a real thing I was thinking about, kind of wild. But, yeah. uh, it was very real while it was happening.
1: Would you, would you say you were in, so you fantasized, would, did you ever get
0: to the planning stage? Uh, would you say? I did, man, I did. Uh, Whoa. yeah. So, I got to a point where, uh, <laughs> morbid details. Here we go. Um, I got to a point where I was, like, planning my suicide because, like, it was kind of, uh, just, th- there was, like, a need to escape from, yeah. like, whatever was happening around me or ne- whatever there was. I remember uh, there was a moment where before I was, like, set on suicide, I actually went and got, like, my passport photos taken out of Walgreens mm-hmm. when I was, like, in college. And I had, like, no money and, like, no way of actually going anywhere. yeah. But it kind of felt good, because it felt like I was, like, taking steps to, like, escape this, what felt like situational misery. And some of it was situational, for oh, sure. Oh,
1: oh, so you, like, the passport is as in, like, the idea that you
0: could travel mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the idea that I could go to another physical geographical location. Yeah. And that would, like, I would escape from, like, this suffering. Yes. Um, however, you know, that wouldn't have actually helped me, because a lot of the suffering was, you know, produced by my own. Internal like shortcomings in my own state of mind. Yeah, but at the time I couldn't recognize that I Thought that like everyone else was like making my life miserable between like school and like uh, romantic stuff mm-hmm. Just like all these there's like terrible things I'm like these things are all the external forces that are acting like really negatively upon me um, But, yeah, and eventually I realized that, like, oh, man, I can't actually go places. I don't have any money. This is impossible. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was kind of like, well, I'm just going to kill myself, I guess. I would, like, I don't know how else to get out of this. So I would, like, plan how I was going to do it. And I, like, oh I don't want to, like, just... Go for it. I would look into, like, stuff on the Internet. I, like, taught myself, like, how to tie a noose. Mm -hmm. This is, like, really dark stuff, man. And I don't mean to be, like... This, uh, is, what, this, this is what it's about <laughs> Just get as dark as possible yeah. And I did that And um, I would like practice it and stuff And I didn't have an area That I decided I was going to like hang myself from Uh huh So that was like the last detail And I was at that detail And like that was when I was kind of just like Is There a moment of like So this is This is like this is the thing This is it. And is this what I want to do? Like, is this really what I want to do? Is there no other thing I could possibly do? Because I didn't, like, I didn't feel like I wanted to do it. Like, the idea of it wasn't like, oh, boy, this is going to be super fun. (laughs) But it was more of, and I don't think anybody does Mm -hmm. who thinks about these things or plans these things or does these things. I think they're so overwhelmed with uh, the pain and suffering of life. That they've like those pain and that pain and suffering has like outweighed their coping mechanisms and their way, ways yeah. ways of dealing with that. Yes. Uh, so. Yeah, I. Oof. So I I come from. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm talking a bunch right now. It's,
1: <laughs> it's great.
0: <laughs> uh, hmm. I would say at that point i was like i can i do anything else and i thought i'm like i could go see a psychiatrist not a psychologist but a psychiatrist because the way i to justify this in my brain um was talking about things is useless and worthless and like i don't want to talk about feelings um because i feel like i grew up in like uh, and I, I do this, you know. I hate to just be like every other person and like throw their parents under the bus because I think <laughs> my parents are beautiful people and I think they're like everyone else and they're just doing the best with the information they've got. Yeah, but uh, I grew up in like a very religious, very like Christian household, and uh, very like very Christian, very conservative, and uh, nobody liked to talk about how they were feeling or what they mm. were thinking about. In fact some thoughts and some feelings uh, were in direct opposition to a lot of uh christian religious belief so if you're having this thought um or if you're having a certain feeling uh about like you know if you're having a thought like i don't know what does it mean if god thinks this like what do, what do these parts of the bible mean or if you're having a feeling like I'm feeling depressed or like, I'm feeling like maybe God doesn't exist Mm -hmm. or I'm feeling like those thoughts aren't like celebrated and they're definitely not talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like, people are scared of those thoughts. Oh yeah. They don't want to think about those things because they kind of have this narrative of uh, Christian belief and uh, thoughts outside of those are like scary in opposition to it. They're of Mm -hmm. Satan. They're, you know something evil not something to be like considered or Mm -hmm. discussed um so I didn't want to talk about my feelings with anybody but I wanted to see a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. because I thought maybe I could change something like in my brain chemically about how it worked uh to maybe like fix myself yeah like maybe if I took like antidepressants which I knew nothing about Mm -hmm. uh, growing up my family also like like very colloquially described them as like happy pills. They're like, oh yeah, somebody's on like happy pills or something like that. And antidepressants are, by the way, like not at all happy pills. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's nothing happy about being anti- on antidepressants. Tell me more. <laughs> um I I I will man. I I I'm, let me take a drink of water here real take quick. a swig. You've been mm. you've been doing the work here. Yeah, yeah man. Putting in the work. Uh Let me know if you
1: want me to hold that.
0: No, that's fine. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah. So, I went to go see a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and kind of picked one out, just found from the internet local. (laughs) <laughs> oh man.
1: Oh, I love it it's so. Funny. <laughs> it's Dude, so the bike good. trails, it's never a dull moment out <laughs> it's here. It's So funny.
0: Get a bell. Get just a get a bell. just get a bell. You don't need to say, yell things. Just get a bell. It's fine. Yeah, there we go. There we go. go. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Hear that ring? Divine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh yeah, that's um so that I think at this point up until this point was like, this was was like the hardest time of my life. Mm -hmm. But, I think when I went to, made the decision to see a psychiatrist, instead of, you know, destroy myself, and then annihilate my own existence, uh, I feel like that was a positive move. Nice! Uh, Yeah, things started to kind of move upwards from that, but you know, it was a very slow process. Um, so I was, uh, prescribed antidepressants to a psychiatrist, a very, very lovely um, psychiatrist. Her name was, uh, was Alexis Halleck, um, very wonderful lady, made friends with her over the years, um, and just really helped me work through my problems. A lot of, um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. but she prescribed me a uh, dose of antidepressants called uh, desipramine. It's a tricyclic antidepressant, typically people the described antidepressants are on SSRIs, uh, mm-hmm. like serotonin reuptake inhibitors, but this was a tricyclic antidepressant. Um, I don't know why that was prescribed, that one particular, um, but eventually, I, I didn't understand it. I took it at first, and it kind of like, <laughs> it didn't do anything When I took it at first I was like wait I just took the pills shouldn't I be like feeling happy or something And that's what I told her and she like Almost kind of she like giggled a bit And she, I was like oh I took like the pills But I'm still depressed And she's like oh yeah well you know That's not how this works You have to be on the medication For a while and uh, You know it has to like take hold In your system and I didn't really understand Anything about this yeah But uh I did it for a while, and I would say at first, you know, I think sometimes antidepressants, and for good reasons, like, can get a really bad rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think at first they actually did work. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I, I, know, I just remember waking up one morning, and, like, I noticed how bad I didn't feel. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was, like, which is, like, the best way I can think to put that. Like, I, usually I would wake up and be like, ah, oh, shh shit, here we go again, here's this, and I had to, like, force myself out of bed, uh, or just, like, sleep for 14 hours, and it wouldn't matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all that fun stuff. Um, so I was on those for a while, and those would help me get work done at school, because here was the other thing, that while I was having my, you know, like, manically depressive, suicidally depressive episodes, uh, school was just continuing on. Mm -hmm. It was still happening, I was still getting an insane workload, but, like, you know, I didn't, didn't really, I, nobody was su- super cared about the fact that I was like, oh, I'm going through a thing. You just kind of have to shrug on and continue on doing the work. So through like the use of antidepressants, I was able to be in a mind state where I was able to like focus on work instead of just like lying in bed yeah. all day mm-hmm. and doing nothing. And uh, yeah, yeah. So,
1: (laughs) why did you, but you got off of them at some point?
0: I did, I did eventually. I was, went through a host of different kinds of antidepressants. Um, the thing about the zippermine was it worked. It also had a host of really terrible side effects. Whoa, like what? Um, well, maybe really terrible is a bit, I wouldn't say that's too overstating it. So one thing I had, uh, from like the get-go was chronic cotton mouth. (laughs) <laughs> which just like my mouth was caught- con- which sounds so silly, but my but mouth was constantly dry, yeah, and I remember it even became a thing. There was a point where I was like in the middle of an a Microsoft interview for like an internship, like on site I was talking to people, and this was like you know like the final round stuff, and <laughs> the uh like half of the reason i think that interview went so poorly is because (laughs) uh the entire time i had to like just like sip out of like a glass of water and through the course of like talking to one person for an hour i'd have to go like through three glasses of water and i'd be like i'm sorry can i like go go? because eventually (laughs) i just i'd start talking like this and i like my tongue just felt like this fat piece of cotton in my mouth and yeah everything was so dry it was terrible um also experienced vertigo for the first time in my life. Whoa! So I would just be sitting around in a lecture hall in college, and suddenly that was the first time I understood what people meant by, uh, like, the room spinning. Yeah. Like, it just suddenly felt like I was kind of on a thrill ride and, like, i lost all balance. And I would literally, just sitting at, like, a lecture hall table desk. Yeah. I would literally, like, feel like I had to grip the desk to, like, stop myself from, like, falling out of my seat. Yeah. that was a weird experience. Um, Eventually, yeah, that peaked with, like, other really bad side effects. I, like, I eventually stopped it myself cold turkey, which was terrible. Don't ever do that. Whoa! Don't ever do that. Don't do that. That was a very, very bad feeling. Like, like, physically felt awful. Felt like I was dying. Uh Um, But I stopped that when one day, shortly after, like, another up in my dose, um, I wasn't able to pee. Oh, I was having urinary retention problems, like a, uh, like a 55-year-old or a 60-year-old, with like a prostate problem. Yeah. Yeah, that was like me, except I was like 22. <laughs> oh my god. 21, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I couldn't. I couldn't Jesus. pee. You feel all the pressure of needing to pee. Yeah. Yet you can't pee. It's a, it's really I, top. Top 10 worst feelings I've ever experienced yeah. in my life. It was really bad. Weird. Really bad, yeah. Didn't you also say, like, you kind of got, like,
1: you, like, had loss of libido, too?
0: Yeah, that was also a thing, for sure. What the fuck? I mean, I wasn't getting laid a lot during, like, nerd college, for sure, so. <laughs> That's a, and as a reminder, 12% girls, just oh, to get yeah, people yeah. in it was, perspective. <laughs> right, the um, guy-to-girl ratio, I think, upon our entering DigiPen, was like, 1 to 10, 1 to 11. Yeah, so... And by
1: the time sophomore year rolled around, either everyone was taken up, or, yeah, totally. or like, those girls dropped out, yeah. like, from
0: freshman year. <laughs> yeah, right, so everybody either, like, dropped, like, the cra- that school had a crazy dropout rate. Yeah. And then, yeah, people would just, like, pick the few remaining, like, freshman <laughs> girls, and then just be like, we've paired off now. <laughs> that's it. That's that's it. There's, uh, there's no more for the taken. Sorry, folks. <laughs>
1: So, okay, was there, as you were getting, like, before talking more about like, getting off that, was
0: there any other side effects that you Oh uh, No, I'm I mean, not that, that, that kind I really know. It. it was just, like, bad times, man. Yeah. It, but, like, it definitely helped me get work done. So, I, I would it say. It was in kind some of some like senses. a
1: true. A true, like, slight, like, temporary fix, like, this is all I can do right totally, now totally. with the knowledge that I have. Which,
0: hey, was, you know, way better than what I yes, was doing before. exactly. So.
1: And being able to talk with the psychiatrist. Oh, and like,
0: see, that's where I feel like a lot of the value ended up coming from was just talking to this psychiatrist and... That was the thing, that's why I didn't go see, like, a psychologist, I was like, whatever, man, so I can talk to, like, some person who cares, who gives a shit. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I want someone who can give me medication that'll make me, like, change how my brain works chemically, because obviously something's broken in my brain if I'm feeling Uh like this all the time, because, yeah, other people don't seem to be feeling like this all (laughs) the time. Did you have
1: other people, like, in your life to talk about this? Um, Really? You said you didn't, kind
0: of? Not a ton. I had one good friend, uh, Mm -hmm. during DigiPen. Well, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of contact now, but he was a really great dude. Um, and I talked with him a bit about it uh, just because it was, like, seriously affecting my ability to work. And we worked on projects. We worked on homework together. We did, like, did we spend more time around each other than the vast majority of, like, married couples do. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> it was cute. It was cute. Um, yeah, it was, uh, those were good times, sort of. <laughs> he, uh... Uh, but, yeah, I talked to him a bit about it, but it's not like I was talking through my problems with him. Mm. I was just sort of being like, hey, I have problems, just so you <laughs> know. Yes, yes. And uh, like, he was like, "All yep, right, uh, we're at DigiPen. Yeah, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, DigiPen. for sure. Yep. Um, we are at DigiPen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's a problem in and of itself. Wow, okay, so you
1: stopped cold turkey, got off it, took about, what, a month for you to, um, like, yeah, maybe something not like that. experience negative things Um, Ah. so okay so it was like side effects too much and you were like okay I think I'm at a good spot now Yeah. and then kind of coming off of them you felt like you kind of could stabilize and like okay things feel better
0: um yeah I would sort of I was definitely I tried other antidepressants after that there was like Mm -hmm. other ones I went through ah man I don't even well butrin was one um Mm -hmm. tried I was on like Dude, I don't, that's not right. I don't, lithium, lithium supplements, I think. Oh, we tried lithium? Uh, yeah, I don't even remember what that did, if anything. Like, the medications after disipramine are kind of like a blur of like, maybe this is doing something, I don't know. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Which, that's annoying. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's, it's really weird that like, these value, these medications that are the, um, like the standard ones have such, like, low... Acting doses that are like studied thoroughly, and they're just like this is like the bare threshold of like statistically It looks like things are working better, but like as a person you'll never be like consciously aware if they're yeah Things are better if ever and that's so weird. and strange.
1: It's to me. weird. So it's like well, I guess I'll keep taking this
0: Yeah, right exactly. It's like I don't know the doctor said actually keep taking it. I don't feel yeah. worse Yeah, so, I mean might as well just keep doing the thing so so you kind of fooled around more of them, and then when did you, were, when were you
1: like, well, okay, I'm just not going to take these anymore, just in um, general?
0: Well, uh, that's hard to say, man. When I was 22, like during like my, my last year of college, um, I, so up till this point in my life, like I guess I was raised very Christian, very conservative, huh? um, I never, like, partied, and I never did drugs, and I never did anything. I didn't have a drop of alcohol ever until I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I live my life. Um, when I was uh, 22, I think, um, I try, I, I, like, hung around my, my friend, who I used to, like, do a ton of work with in school and do projects with. Um, he's, his roommates, who I also became good friends with. Uh, He liked uh, liked to smoke a lot of weed. Mm -hmm. And so I would constantly be over at their place doing homework, and he'd be, like, smoking weed or something. Mm -hmm. And and he would always offer, he'd be like, hey, you want some? Hey, you want to try? You want to do this? And I would always be like, oh, no, thanks. And then I would feel like, you know, this weird false sense of, like, moral superiority for having turned him down, like... (laughs) Very, you know, Saved by the Bell after-school special, like, Oh, I just did the good thing, because I was like, No (laughs) thanks, stranger. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man, but eventually one day, I guess it's just like the erosion of peer pressure, and I was also becoming gradually curious, because I knew, like, Colorado at this point had, like, recreationally legalized weed, other Mm -hmm. places had... And this dude was a smart guy, too. This guy who, like, smoked weed... He wasn't like a burnout, he was a smart guy. He also went to DigiPen. um, Got his work done, did good stuff. And so that was kind of also dissolving these like perceptions I had around this substance. Yeah. Uh, So eventually one day I just like tried it and uh, it was great. I had a great experience. And uh, from then on, I like semi-regularly would smoke weed. And uh, Uh, I think, and people have, like, a lot of crazy, weird opinions on, like, weed, and uh, my opinion on, like, this and a lot of other substances is that they're tools, and you can use tools to do a lot of different things. You can also, like, use tools to injure yourself, Mm -hmm. and you can also grow a dependency on these things, (laughs) yeah, um, if you're not careful and if you're not, like, responsible with it. Yeah, uh, but in my case, I felt... Like, smoking weed allowed me to pursue thought patterns that I would typically, like, block off from myself. Hmm. I don't know if this is something you've experienced.
1: Oh, but... It definitely is. <laughs> That is definitely my experience as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Well, I think in life, I mean, a lot of people, if you just really think about it, there's things you're not letting yourself think about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you block them off because you're like, I that's not important or... You know, society or other things don't value that, and therefore, I don't value that. Mm -hmm. And, or maybe it's just like a really uncomfortable, really hard thing to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of my stuff was like, uh, like I said, I grew up in a religious, like, and conservative Christian household. Um, And I I think I kind of presented myself as being like, yeah, that was a thing that was happening, and I was sort of against it. That's not the case. I was totally Mm -hmm. integrated into it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, like, super Jesused out by any means, but I did, like, the church thing, go to church every Sunday, I went to, like, youth group. Mm -hmm. I went and, I did good things, man. You don't, you're not just, like, it's not all just, like, occult, terrible, dogmatic stuff. I would go and, like, fix people's houses in the summer and go and help with that and, like, paint people's houses and, like, do service projects and, like.
1: Yeah, great.
0: Yeah, it was, it was cool stuff. So, I would go and do a lot of that, and so I was very, like, integrated into this belief structure. Then, bam, college hit. Oh! Yeah. And college and DigiPen left no time for any thought of on anything that wasn't happening inside of DigiPen. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a lot of, like, what do I really think about life? Mm -hmm. What do I think about what I'm doing? What do I think about like the existence of God? Uh I basically put all of those thoughts, just took them and pushed them way down. (laughs) Pushed them way down there. And then, just like powered through college, which is probably part of the reason I got myself in such an awful mental p- space. Yes. Uh, but, oh man, I just think I derailed my train of thought. Nope,
1: you were doing great. So, uh, <laughs> like smoking weed, like made you, uh, start kind of me opening things. up and, <laughs> <laughs> but also, I was talking about. <laughs> also like opening you up to what you have been, like, pushing away, potentially. As well as mitigating, uh, like, current situational feelings. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, if we didn't think about what was going on in your life currently, what else is going on?
0: Yeah, But also, you know, a way of,
1: like, unwinding, of
0: course. Yeah, man, great way to unwind, but also it, it allowed me to, like, sort my thoughts and explore thoughts. So, especially when you have, like, a lot of religious stuff coming up like up until that point throughout college if somebody was like are you a christian i would have been like yeah and then if they like questioned me on it further i'd be like i don't i don't know man if they'd be like well what do you think about x y and z and what do you think about god and what do you think about like do you think you like it's cool that people go to hell and i like i just be like i don't i don't know man like i don't know anything about that um <laughs> not
1: realizing that <laughs> you just feel like yeah. oh this might be a problem yeah like, the right the fact that i can't explain myself. Exactly.
0: (laughs) That's kind of weird. If you can't explain of your belief structure and your belief systems like to yourself there's probably like a really big issue there like yeah if you can't articulate your own thoughts and beliefs that you're supposedly cycling your life around (laughs) yeah I think there's a huge problem there and that's sort of what I was discovering was like I can't justify a lot of these thoughts to myself and I Mm -hmm. can't articulate them in a way that makes logical and reasonable sense and like the more I think about this and the more I researched it, I was just like, this doesn't really make sense. Interesting. So, and, yeah.
1: So this brings you up to 22,
0: right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm around 22 when I started smoking weed, for sure. So, talk
1: about the first time we hung out.
0: Oh, wow, man. Okay, we can do that <laughs> real yeah, quick. Man. Dude, so uh, Seth Pearson and I kind of knew each other during school, but. Yes. Uh, not really very well, because you're very, like, hands heads down, working on your own thing. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, we, I think, in, like, the two parties that happened throughout my entire college career, I think we, like, bumped into each other and, like, talked a bit. And I was like, oh, this this Seth Pearson guy's cool. He's got, a, like, a really fun, happy energy about him. I like this guy. And, uh, I think eventually we just, like, that happened, like, three different times. And the move was made to be like, we should, like, hang out. And I was like, yeah, we should definitely hang out. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the first times he was hanging out, I remember just being at my desk job at work, making, making video games. And uh, I got a message from <laughs> Seth Pearson that was like, hey, would you be able to um, shroom-sit today or, like, tomorrow or something like that? And <laughs> I just kind of sat there. Didn't you not have a job at this point? No. Oh, wait, did I? Dude, I don't remember. Maybe I don't not. I think you had a job. Yeah, at this I don't point. think I had a job. I think I was in my like there was like a 6-month period between college and getting a job. Yeah. Where I was just like applying for a ton of jobs and then also just like smoking a lot of weed and yeah, like hanging this out. This is
1: too much after. This is a month or two
0: I after like graduation. A month
1: and a half after graduation.
0: Wow, yeah, so I definitely didn't have a job then. <laughs> so uh, that was a false memory. Sorry everyone. That's okay. Uh and he asked me if I could uh could shroom sit? And I don't know what that means. uh Like I had an idea because I think like I'd heard whisperings of like you know whatever mushrooms and people doing mushrooms, but I did not have any. I don't know anything about that at all, or like ma- like what magic mushrooms even were, or what the, what that was all about. Um, I remember just asking like, is that what I think it is? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so. I looked up a bunch of stuff about uh, mushroom sitting on the internet on a bunch of, like, shady, like, drug culture boards that I'd never been to before. <laughs> and i had, at this point in my life, I've never, um, I've never been around this sort of thing. I've never, um, done this sort of thing. I've never had any form of, like, psychedelic experience. Uh-huh. So I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. And I kind of went and hung out with him while well, he had his mushroom trip, him and our friend, uh, Andrew Neck. And, um, I John, you s- know, just... told me this from the beginning. Yeah.
1: <laughs> first of all, let's take a moment to appreciate that Adam Ball just came over he did it. He, did. he just did it. Our first time really hanging out, yeah. like, outside of a party <laughs> city. He just came over and it was shroom sitter. <laughs> How
0: fucking cool is that? Okay, Yeah, continue. yeah, I was, well, I was like, these dudes seem chill. And I think I was also at a point in my life, but because of, like, probably a lot of, like, the weed, and, like, thinking about my life, I was, like, opening myself up to stuff that would have normally just, like, no, that's weird and scary, and I don't know what you're doing, but I don't want any part of this, so I was, like, you know what, no, I mean, we're gonna go hang out, I'll sit around, and watch them do a thing, and, uh, we'll see how it goes, and frankly, when I sat there, I told them at the end of it that, to me, it just felt like we were hanging out the whole time, I wasn't, like, uh, I was expecting all these, like, the worst-case scenario. I was expecting people to have these, like, freak-outs, have total disassociations, have total, like, uh, I don't know what's happening, or people, like, screaming or something, and I was like, oh, God, you know, I don't want any of this stuff, but I want to, you know, be prepared in case this happens. And so I just kind of came over with good intention, but we basically sat around their couch, you know, we went for a walk, and they just seemed to be having, like, a great time. They were, like... Seemed very at ease, seemed very peaceful. We kinda sat around in the park and they just both had like huge smiles on their face and they were looking mm-hmm. around at nature and I was like, Wow, well this experience isn't at all what like I thought it was gonna be. Uh-huh. And I remember like I kept asking after a while, I'm like, So is it doing something? And they were like, Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um <laughs> But I like had no idea what was going on in their heads or what they were seeing or experiencing so mm-hmm. I was just, like, kind of confused, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess these things are, like, very benign, like, very chill, like, nothing's really happening. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. So that's how we met each other. Oh, that's, like, the first time we really hung out. That was the first time. Uh, yeah. And that sort of set the tone for the rest of our relationship. (laughs) Since then.
1: (laughs) It really did, didn't it? Yeah. It really did. It's true, That's so funny. If we fast-forwarded one year, tell me about... What was kind of another
0: milestone? Oh, sure, man. Oh, God, dude. So this is like... This almost sounds like some Fox News propaganda. Because it's like... It's very like... Marijuana is like a slippery slope and it's a gateway drug into other drugs. And I'd like to be like, that's not true and that's a logical fallacy. Because it is. But it totally, for me, was sort of true in a way like i like would smoke weed and that was had such
1: wait didn't you drink alcohol first
0: that's true man okay the the, the every
1: man's drug i just want to i just want to point that out because you're yeah that's 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 a fair point you're you're starting to yeah point
0: out that yeah where it's Um, like like i'm like because that was my first yeah that That, that was my first state of you know like altered state of um consciousness i'd say you would be just being drunk being on alcohol yeah And, uh, that's, but that's, people don't see that as a drug, it's just a very socially accepted, like, Yes. Oh, but it's a drug, like, caffeine's a drug, and, Uh and and you were drinking coffee then. Yeah. There you go. I was totally, oh, oh, yeah, Yeah. I was, caffeine's the only drug I've been, like, physically addicted to ever, and when (laughs) I didn't have it, like, I would feel miserable. Yeah. So, yeah, man, there's, you can abuse anything. You really It's all drugs. (laughs) It's all drugs. It's all drugs, man. Um... So yeah, I'd say a year later or so. I was feeling like I had a solid job. Yeah. Um, got myself like a full-time position at a got myself a full-time position at a game studio, which is, you know, what you're supposed to do after you got a video game college. That's right. I um, was working there. It was going chill. Uh, and I did like before this, I was living in this like Craigslist house. With oh, these fucking acid I, 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 plates! <laughs> I know, man. Oh I know. Acid <laughs> blades, Acid blades. <laughs> it's, it's oh in. my God! Oh, dude, you're right. Oh my God. Oh my, um. <laughs> oh my God. Hello, friends.
1: i feel great. Oh my God. Acid Blades! We, okay, let's take, quick, okay, Acid Blades is a rollerblader on Sammamish River yeah, Trail. he's here, like, every day. Every fucking day! Every day. It's, he just, we call him Acid Blades, because he looks like he's just having a great time. <laughs> go- I could totally see him at, like, yeah. a hippie fest. And we just saw his, what I would say is his partner in life. Yeah, it seemed like Also going down. rollerblading.
0: Yeah, man, they're, they're all, so just rollerblades every day. Dude,
1: blade girl. Shirt off,
0: sh- short ah. shorts on. Like, uh, he's got wild gray hair kind of yeah. spraying out the side of his head. Oh my god. He, he just always looks like he's having a great time. I just didn't Love think we guy. would see him today, but I always see him on the river trail. <laughs> it's, he's never not there, man. God, he's a classic. Okay, so yeah, had the
1: job, got the video game job. Mm-hmm.
0: Got my video game job. Craigslist and was...
1: house, moving into your yeah. own place. Right,
0: I moved into my own place, moved into my own, like, one-bedroom apartment. I was super excited about that. It was also, you know, pretty expensive because... <laughs> Everything around here is ridiculous, but I was making decent money, so... I rented my apartment, and then I filled it up with furniture, because, of course, I didn't own any Booyah. of that. Boom. Did that. Did that. And I was basically going through all the steps, and then I was like, oh, well, now that I have a job, and now that I have, like, an apartment, and now that i filled it with, like, shit, um, I guess I've, like, done, like, what am I supposed to do now? And I kind of realized... I had this, like, constant mentality of, like, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. And my whole life had just been, like, a series of what's happening next? What am I doing next? Like, from high school, was like, oh, I'm going to college. I need to prep-, prep for college. College was like, oh, I need to get a job after this. And pre- I need to do college really well so I can get a job. And then I got a job, and I was like, cool, now I got a job. I got to get my own place. And now I got to do this. I got to fill it with stuff. And now that I did this, I got to, like... I got to go get a girlfriend now. That was the next thing. Now that I've, like, stabilized myself and now that I have demonstrable value, I need to go date <laughs> and I need to go get a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was weird, man. That was a weird way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, I it was, very, it's a, it was a very, like, because I think I realized that that wasn't, like, me making conscious decisions as much as I would like to think that was the case. It was more like some weird programmed behavior. That's like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing now. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so strange. I even, like, went on a few dates. But it was kind of weird because I hadn't figured out, even though, like, weed had helped me with some stuff. um, Like, I hadn't figured out a lot of things about myself. And Mm. I hadn't sorted through a lot of my own life issues. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I remember going on a date with a girl that like i met through tinder and one of the first questions she asked me was like so do you believe in god and well first of all that's a pretty intense but you know fair i feel like totally first date question yeah. i like didn't know how to answer that question and she was very wow. like not about that
1: oh because it's like whoa if you can't answer that yeah right what, like, else what else are you are gonna you? fucking
0: answer yeah. <laughs> like, yeah what do you know what do you know about yourself really if you can't and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna say, yeah, but, n- n- no, but I don't, uh, oh. And,
1: uh. Dating's kind of a good checkup on, like, how, like, it's another way of seeing how you're doing.
0: Yeah, sort of, because it's just some, like, other person who's like, here, this is something I think it's valuable. What do you think about this? And I'm like, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so that was kind of like a reality check. I was just like, damn, dude, I don't think I have things about myself figured out. And I just, I remember... I'd found this space, I mean, you know, dating stuff aside and not knowing stuff about myself aside, I had found this space where I was, like, very comfortable in life. I'd finally, quote-unquote, arrived. Yes. I'd arrived at this place that I was supposed to be, like, aiming for my whole life. You know, I, I moved away from home from the Midwest against my parents' wishes. And, like, dude, I, you know, again, I don't hold animosity towards my parents, but They weren't really on team make video games for a living until I got a job. Like, it, it took me a little bit after college to get a job. And, like, three or four months into graduating and still not having a job, my mom was definitely, like, calling me up and was like, well, don't you think it's just time to move home to Illinois? I was and like,
1: like, what? I'm like, right yeah. here.
0: I was like, I'm, no, I'm so close. I'm going to get this. And then she's like, nah, I don't know. You know? Wow. But then I got the job, and they were like, oh, cool. Good job. Oh, man. Good that's work. That's awful. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> that's so it lame. It wasn't, wasn't the best. Yeah. Uh, but I totally, um. yeah, I just, I'd, I'd arrived at this place where i had worked so hard and gone through so many things, and I was now, had this, this job, and that I thought was cool, it was like with a reputable game studio, and I was making decent money, and I had my own place, and I basically like earned my own way in the world. And then I woke up one morning, and one Monday morning after like a weekend that just had gone by too quickly, And I just had the thought of like, oh my God, like there's like, there's nothing else I have to do instead of like if I could wake up every morning for the rest of my life and just keep doing this and just keep showing up to this job and just keep paying rent on this apartment. And that would be fine. And, and by that it would be fine. I mean, no one's going to be like, you're not doing enough. You've got to achieve greater things in life. Yeah. Like, I basically come to a point where I could just, like, lie here, go through this routine, like, do the motions, and that's fine. And nobody's, like, nobody's really interested in my success outside of that. Um, you know, I, there's, there's nothing to do. And instead of, like, finding comfort in that idea, where it's just like, ah, yes, Like, that idea terrified me. Yeah. This idea terrified me that just... Because I was like, what? I'm like, are you... Because while I had, in every other sense, like, arrived, nothing in myself felt like I'd arrived at a place. Mm Mm-hmm. I I didn't feel... I still feel like there's something, like, lacking inside of me. Or something like... I felt like, you know, when you finally get this job or you get this validation, it's going to be, like, this ticker tape parade of just people being so excited for you and just like (laughs) you did it you're here woo but really you're just like you just get like tossed into the workforce and now you're like a gear in a machine and you just gotta like code the thing that people need and (laughs) that's your life and uh i that gave me like i think my first my first real existential crisis really that was it i think so that was like when i was i was having a moment of like Which is weird to say because, you know, earlier in my life I was, like, considering killing myself. But Mm -hmm. I wasn't in that point anymore. And I moved beyond, like, a lot of, you know, my depression and a lot of the terrible life situations that were, like, causing that depression to feed back into itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So, things were, like, better for the most part. But I was having this weird thing, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what am I doing? Do I like doing this job? Like, what is it I'm trying to do here? And, like, who, who am I? Just, like, all of these, you know, questions, I think, at some point, if you're being sort of conscious of things that everyone asks themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and I remember I was spending a lot of time around you and around NAC and making some new friends around the time, and it was really fun. And uh, I remember one day you told me about how years ago, at this point, um, you had done, uh, <laughs> oh my, god! You, you had done, uh, MDMA, which is, you know, like, a s- psychedelic type of, well, you could classify it as a psychedelic, like, it's, uh, uh, some, some sort of substance, and so, my mind immediately, and you said it was pure ecstasy, like, not, not, you were <laughs> like, no, you weren't, like, describing <laughs> it like that, you no, were I like, to say MDMA <laughs> is, like, the pure form of the street drug ecstasy, and... All I remembered was like being in the 90s or like early 2000s and seeing this like 2020 special on like NBC or whatever one night late at night and it was like uh, the new street drug and the club drug ecstasy that all the kids are doing and it would show these like uh like teenage people and like young people like against like the brick walls of a club and their like eyes would just be rolling in the back of their head and they would be, like, sweating profusely. it was like this, you know... But it, it was, like, reenacted, dramatized footage. Not real footage. And then they would be, like... The, dr- the one thing I remember was they said, like, the drug that, like, boils your body from the inside out. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? That's crazy. Like, why would anybody ever do that? Like, it boils you from the inside out? That sounds miserable. Um... And so when you told me that, I was like, "Whoa! You did that? That's insane! That's insane, Seth Pearson! How could you do that?" And then I was like, "But what was that? Like, what was that like?" And I was also at a point where I was trying to open my mind to different things, and you were like, "I mean, it just felt great. It just felt uh, like, I just felt like there was uh, a lot. I felt like a lot of love and empathy for everyone around me." And I, and that was 100% not the uh, response I was expecting. <laughs> so I was like, "Whoa!" okay that's that's strange i think that ruminated in my mind a bit and uh fast forward a little bit i kind of had that ruminating in my mind it was around the summer where i was having my existential crisis and uh not sure really what i was trying to do i just felt like i didn't know what i was doing with my life and felt like i needed to reach out to something and I felt like I was on the precipice of something, but I didn't know what that something was. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had plans to go to, like, a big uh, electronic music festival.
1: Because, mm-hmm. actually, after the first day that we met, the next yes, day, right. we were going to go, uh, Nack and I were going to go to Paradiso. Yeah, and you were right. like, whoa, that's cool. But, like, you mm-hmm. know, you weren't going that year, but you were right. just... And then maybe, like, what, three year, three months later, you were like... Seth I think I want to go. I want to yeah. go to Paradiso. I was like, sweet. <laughs> then you're yeah, going. Man. Yeah. That's okay. So then we're going to a music festival.
0: Yeah, right, man. So we went to this music festival. And that's that's correct. That's so cool. Because that was sort of like the pretext of our entire relationship. So one year later, uh, the Paradiso came around again. And I was like, I, I would really like to go to that. Um, that sounds fun. Even though I didn't really listen to a lot of electronic music at the time. And since then, I've gotten like you know wildly into it and it's a big part of my life Mm -hmm. uh like just you know listening to it making it uh just experimenting with it it's all fun stuff DJing yeah DJing stuff it's become a huge part of my life and I just I love it so much ah it's wonderful but at the time really didn't have a lot of attachment to it uh just kind of felt like it'd be cool to do something else and uh you had told me your first experience with this was at this music festival so I figured you know that might be a a good place to also have this first, like, MDMA experience. hmm So, um... Yeah, man. So I, I think I just decided that I wanted to do this because I just I wasn't sure about things in life. And I wasn't sure yeah. about myself. Um, wasn't really... I was just... I just had a lot of uncertainty in things. And, yeah, so I did it at this music festival, and I had a lot of anxiety going up to it because I'd never done any type of, like, psychedelic or drug or anything beyond, like uh smoking weed yeah so Perfect. i was pretty concerned <laughs> <sighs> dude he passed wow he has uh, passed he has passed um but yeah man that uh a lot of concern a lot of concern man i mean but
1: you had this the curiosity yes was really there
0: yeah man i think that was it like just at some points in life uh You know, you can be afraid of a lot of things, but it turns out, like, these fears are mostly completely unfounded. And, like, I think my innate curiosity, like, outweighed my fear at this point in my life. And uh, made me want to do it rather than be, like, I think people try to shy away from these things or try to try away from doing things they're afraid of in general, and they, like, they can, then they congratulate themselves on being, like, so smart and pragmatic for not doing this thing. <laughs> right. Like, they're just like, oh, you know. And then they, they like, tell themselves a story about why they're not going to do or confront the thing they're afraid of. And then they're just like, wow, that was so smart of me. I'm so glad I figured out a way, a reason to not do the thing I was afraid of. And they're like, I'm so pragmatic. Like, pat myself on the back. And that's so... I, I definitely engage in that behavior a lot. <laughs> and... uh. Yeah, so I I did this MDMA for the first time, and... Uh, wow, man, that was just... It was an incredible experience, man. I think... My my knowledge base of, like, these substances has increased a lot since this experience. Uh, which is great, because I, I was very fascinated. I researched a lot about them after the fact. Um, but... I did it, and... I remember coming up on the experience and we were, like, standing in the crowd mm-hmm. at, a, at a, you know, some stage, listening to music, and just remember the music started to, like, really reverberate with me, and I, I remember sort of, like, looking around at everyone's face in the crowd, and that was, it was a weird thing, because I just started to notice people's faces. Hmm. Yeah, it was a weird, strange thing, so I, I would just notice people's faces and I would kind of, like, look into their faces, and I look around some other face, and another face, and we're in a huge crowd of people, so there's a lot of faces. And then I remember just having the thought of like, wow, like every single one of these people here, like they're, they're just like me. They're a human being. And they've lived like this whole life filled with experience that I've had, where there's been struggle, and people, everybody's gone through heartbreak, and everyone has felt like, like joy and everyone's felt sadness and like these range of emotions that I have experienced and then I have felt these people have likely also felt and at the very least are capable of feeling (laughs) and in that moment I just felt this connection to everyone around me and to every person uh that just I'd never felt before something that felt so real and like dare i say spiritual Ooh, like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which Ooh. is a word growing up and being in a religious sect that i'd never really ex- felt myself but i'd heard a lot of people like oh it's so spiritual and this is so spiritual like, i never really knew what people meant like i'd sing the songs and do the jesus stuff and read the bible verses and i just i never really knew what people meant by like it's so spiritual and spirituality was also not really a thing in my household despite people being, like, devoutly Christian. Yeah. But, I felt I had this, like, transcendent experience of just feeling connected to every person around me. And I remember, uh, like, watching the sunset at this music festival, and I remember just, uh, it was a fantastic experience, man. Like, I, I, I remember kind of coming to terms with, like, the temporary nature of life, Mm. Which, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna be like, and that's the day I got over my fear of death, and now every day is, like, an amazing, wonderful adventure. Like, that's not that's not how anything works. <laughs> um, these things are tools, but the, this tool helped me immensely with, like, a lot of things I've been thinking about. It made, it made me feel like I was connected to something beyond myself. It made me feel like I was connected to people. It made me feel like I was connected to this earth mm-hmm. and to all life on it. And that I was kind of just an expression of this earth and of this life. Like whoever Adam Balk is, is just this temporary expression of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of part of what makes life so beautiful is like the temporary nature of it. And I, I kind of thought mm-hmm. about the drug trip in and of itself where I'm like, you know, right now I feel so euphoric and I feel so amazing. And in like a few hours, I'm not going to feel like this anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's completely okay. Like, it's it's fine that things end because it was pretty amazing that they happened at all. Yeah. And that's, like, kind of since then. And, you know, I think you can uh, sort of turn that into, like, some platitude and put it on, like, an Instagram photo. Mm-hmm. Like, don't cry because it's over. Like... You smile, know. Smile, because <laughs> it yeah, smile because it happened <laughs> yeah and then there's like a butterfly across the sunset and they put like a sepia filter on it mm-hmm. I mean that's
1: from like Winnie the Pooh or something like that oh, oh is it I don't know Winnie the Pooh's poos it's pretty cool it's pretty it cool, was man. from something
0: that was <laughs> <laughs> like that but uh, I but I, it's I also on Instagram yeah <laughs> dude yeah and and so like that made it feel a little bit cheesy but I kind of have determined that like these things that are like platitudes like this where people are just like whatever man i've heard that a million times a platitude is just like a truth of life that you've heard so many times it's become devoid of like all the emotional richness that immediate that like initially made that thought yeah. and that statement right you're just like <laughs> uh <laughs> like like you know you live laugh love like hey man all three things you should <laughs> totally do but like i've seen it on the walls of like 30 different coffee houses, <laughs> and like I don't, I don't want to see that anymore. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, you know, the symbols are devoid of meaning now. Mm-hmm. But uh, since then, man, yeah, that that sort of uh, really, I, I, you know, I, hmm, that experience was just like so beautiful, man. And uh, I want other people to have that experience, man. Like I would just think it's helped me so much. I also think though that just at that point in my life, I was, like, primed for this substance to have, like, give me this experience. Yeah,
1: give you the most bang for your buck.
0: Yeah, so to speak. I feel like you can totally just, you know, do this thing and, like, party and whatever, and it doesn't, like, have to give you a transcendent spiritual experience. (laughs) But, um, and people do that often, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to say, man. Like, again, I think these things are tools, and... I, I, like, I, once I felt this, like, I knew that this was, like, a powerful thing and a thing to be, like, respected. And, like, I want to treat these substances with respect. And since then, I feel like I've done a fairly good job of doing it. Uh, you know, I've, um, fallen into, like, bad, uh, habits with some stuff. Like, primarily, like, caffeine. Even in, like, my relationship with, like, marijuana and cannabis, like, Mm. hasn't always been the healthiest. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, you know, it's, it's good to always, like, look back and reevaluate. like, how am I living my life? Am I yeah. living my life in a way that's, you know, the best version of myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man. So, that experience really helped me a lot. I assume that's what you, what you want to talk about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. just checking the,
1: the, re- the report. Mm. <laughs> Don't worry. Where are we at right now? We're, de- no, we're doing... We're doing great, I was just, as in the amount of space left on my phone, which is fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's Okay, important. so you're, yeah, you're, the relationship with caffeine, and, uh, you know, so it, it hasn't always been the best, but with these, you've treated them with a lot of respect.
0: I, you know, man, I, I definitely, yeah, I, I really try to, and I really want to, because I feel like, um, you know, substances like MDMA, and since then, I've explored other psychedelic substances. Tell me about that. <laughs> Um, I could, I, I've, I've tried, uh, a wide variety of different, like, other psychedelic substances that, you know, I've heard a lot about. I've, um, you know, as mentioned at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. I've, I've done LSD. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done psilocybin mushrooms. Mm Uh, I've done these things on a few different occasions. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, uh, smoked, um, DMT, uh, Mm NN-dimethyltryptamine, not the 5-MeO variety, Mm -hmm. um, and each one of those has been, like, an interesting, uh, unique, different experience, and I think each one of these things has a, what I've discovered is, like, a lot of these things that, you know, these are all, you know, I have did these at indiscriminate times, you know, so I'm not, I'm not about to, yeah, out myself here, but, like, um, Uh, we've, like, legalized a lot of these substances, I think, a lot because they're just, like, they're not understood. The the conspiracy theorist in me, which isn't a big part of me, would be like, no, man, the government knows that. It makes you, like, think outside the box and get, like, a different perspective, and it makes you not want to, like, respond to authority. So that's why (laughs) they banned all of them. Um, I think in reality, people are just, people are, uh... Inherently ignorant, because you come into this world knowing nothing. Yeah. And people are scared. Yeah. And when you see something like these things, and you see the way they can make some people behave, especially in some, like, uh, with, like, LSD and stuff, you know, there's been, like, whatever, the MK Ultra experiments by, like, the CIA, where they mm-hmm. try to use, like, LSD as a mind control substance. Yeah. And, like, other things where they'd be like, here, here person who's, like, soldier who's bought into the whole like military hierarchical structure like take this and stand in like a white room for eight hours and like wow he's going insane and like banging his head against the wall it's like yeah man no kidding no kidding so like wow this is a terrible thing that makes you insane and it's like I lock like, him in a room yeah like just lock him in a room have and you just like, locked uh, someone in a room for eight hours anyways like, yeah. how did that go and they're like wow yeah no dude yeah no kidding <laughs> Oh my god. Like, best case scenario, they just sit there, like, bored. Yeah. And they're like, huh, oh, hmm.
1: But, uh... Well, look at this wall. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm, gonna, now I'm gonna rotate 90 degrees,
0: look yeah. at this wall. This, this metal folding chair is pretty interesting. <laughs> is uh, this is from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> Real, really quality. Swedes really know what they're doing. Wow. Yeah, man, so, uh, I've kind of done some, it like, I, I sort of sometimes cringe at the word, like, 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 psychonaut. But I've been like really oh, interested. I haven't in even thought about. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just I've been interested in how some different substances, like affect human consciousness and how they can affect your perspective. And each one of these, I wouldn't say, since um, uh, I had that very first initial experience. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, with uh, MDMA, I'd say these other experiences I've had with the psychedelics. Um, none of them have, like, drastically changed my life like that initial experience did. But I feel like they've given me different perspectives. Totally. They've allowed me to see outside of myself and see outside of my own ego and my own, like, need for self-gratification. Or my own, like, idea of, like, self-importance of, like, oh, it's very... I need to do these things. And, like, oh, how could that person do this to me? And, <laughs> uh, and like, very, like, self-centered view of life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they can allow me to... See like a bigger picture of things, and see how I'm living my life, and like how my life can best be used to not just serve myself, but like serve others, and like mm-hmm. what's a what's a good way to live life. And I feel like these experiences, if you take them with intention, and that's that's a big part. You like don't just go into them while woo flippy dippy like disrespecting it. But if I feel like if you do it with intention, you can like take that experience and re assimilate that back into your life and the things you've learned from that. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's such a powerful thing, I really hope, and it looks like, you know, societally we're making pushes towards that. Yeah. Which is, like, really exciting for me, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Me too. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, (laughs) that's a lot of stuff. That's, yeah, dude. I feel like I've been rambling a bunch, Seth. Pearson. No, this what you... is exactly it. Okay, this is this is the, this is the podcast. This is exactly it. This is the this is the life story of Adam Balk. Here. That was uh, that was so good. <laughs> We're up
1: to date now. You would say your overall life satisfaction has greatly improved. <laughs> wouldn't you say?
0: <laughs> well, if you say it, you you feel like you're selling this to me like an infomercial right now. <laughs> Since I just, you bought the sham, wow, hasn't your life just
1: been like so much better? I guess no. It's just like. It just, it's just sometimes it's like, well, it's opened me up and it's like, blah, 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 blah. But, oh, but it's like, yeah, overall, man. wouldn't you say? Oh,
0: just undeniably. Like, I mean, if we're starting the beginning of the story when I'm like 21 or even 19 before that. Um, and that's what I was trying to get out earlier when I was like, oh, you know, I didn't think, I don't think DigiPen made me depressed. Yeah. I think, I think I was actually like, I had a lot of depressed and a lot of repressed thoughts and emotions Even when I was a teenager, yeah. Um, And then when I got into this like really high-pressure, high-intensity environment, that just like brought them out of me to the point Mm -hmm. where it was like uh, uncontrollable. Uh, So it's it's you know especially since my teen years or my early 20s or something like that, I feel like now I'm you know I I don't think everyone's anyone's like ever 100% like ideally where I'd want to be in life. And, like, that's okay, man. Um, Yeah. I feel like right now I've got, like, good friends. I've got, you know, my relationship with my family since, you know, talked about them and was like, Oh, no, fuck you, parents. I'm going to make video (laughs) game in college. Like, things have improved a lot with them since. Uh, I'm, like, working on creative side projects. For the past couple years, I've been doing, like electronic music production and DJing and you know that's something I would have never even given myself permission to do a while ago Mm because I'd be like oh that's for like that's for musically creative people and even though I totally have like a musical background (laughs) most of my life (laughs) yeah I just never think about (laughs) yeah I just never was like oh I'm not a musically inclined person though so I can't do that and I'm like I think people just get good at things because they do them a lot so (laughs) maybe if I do this a lot I'll get good at it too yeah and so, like, I'm way, I'm just so much happier with, like, who I am as a person, man. And, like, where I'm at in life. That's and awesome. that, that's just, that sort of thing, man. Like, it, it can't be overstated. And it's not, and I want to emphasize that, like, I just, I just drive this home for, like, the billionth time. Like, being a broken record that, like, while these substances and while I'm, like, interested in them. These, like, uh, psychedelic substance, conscious altering substances. Um, while I think they are really cool tools, I don't think they're magic pills. They can feel like it. Mm-hmm. They can feel like it at times. But I feel like they... Uh, they, they you what know, a cl-
1: you've attained now could be done without them, technically.
0: Technically, yeah, man. They definitely... But they were, like, tools to help me. Like, you can build a house with, like, a hatchet in your bare hands and, like, some clay or some something. But, like... Wouldn't you rather build a house with, like, a chainsaw and, like, a nail gun and, like, these other things that can make you, like, a way better house with, like, uh, way less suffering? Um, like, yeah, man, because I, I do want to say, like, where I'm at, like, I don't feel like it's, like, like, my life plus drugs equals good life. Like, that's not what happened at all, man. It was a lot of hard work and a lot of integration. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but these things have undeniably helped me. And I just think they're really, like, beautiful things that need to be, like, respected, Mm -hmm. used carefully, and I also just think, like, like, legalized, hopefully, eventually, and used in, like, a mediated sort of setting where people can, like, you know give you, like, psychotherapeutic, psychotherapeutic, pardon me, Mm -hmm. or, like, shaman type of, like, experiences with them and guide you through them. Yeah. Like, what a world that would be if we could have that sort of thing. That'd be a real fucking treat. (laughs) (laughs) A real fucking treat indeed, man. Wow.
1: Yeah, man. That's, and talking about, like, you know, respecting them. Yeah. Like, the the first (laughs) time you did it, the yes. Second day after you. Also <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about that. You did it
0: that. again. Yeah, dude. because oh. I think it's good. It's you know what? It's to good po- to bring it up. It's good. It's good to put it out there, man. Because you know what? The first time I did this, and this is part of my respect speech. First time I did MDMA, I was like riding such a high, and I was also around a bunch of other people who just use this stuff, like frighteningly casually. <laughs> like let's just put it like that. And I was like, you know, I was on such a good feeling. I was just like wait, there's, like, a second day of this festival tomorrow. Can I just, like, do this again tomorrow, too? Is that okay? Can I, like, have the super happy, fun, good time tomorrow, too? And people were, were like, you know, uh, and you know what? A friend of mine gave me a very honest answer, um, which was, like, you know what? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody really knows if that's, like, a dangerous thing or if that's a bad thing because these things, these substances so, like, under-researched. Mm-hmm. and understudied because of its illegal nature. So, um, and they, like, personally, I wouldn't, like, do more than two on a weekend, but that's what I'm doing, too, so it's probably fine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And then the next day, fast forward, it's, like, 105 <laughs> degrees in the middle of, like, the goddamn desert. Also want to say that I also was like,
1: I wouldn't recommend it.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was like, hey, yeah, yeah, so Seth Pearson was trying to Get me on the, the tried and true path. And I was just like, I don't know, man. Seems fine. Seems like I just, I'm going to go have some happy feelings. And uh, yeah, and so I did that the second day. And it was like in the middle of this 104 degree heat. And there was a DJ playing like really heavy dubstep music. And I found myself like when I was coming up on the substance, I found myself in the middle of like a mosh pit of people, like a literal mosh pit, which doesn't happen often. At, like, these big raves. Like, people are usually very chill, but this was, like, very aggressive music. (laughs) It was also, like, 104 degrees, and I was just in the middle of this big, sweaty mosh pit, like, thriving around. I remember I started to come up on it, and it felt very intense, and I felt like I couldn't breathe. Oh, man. I felt like I couldn't breathe, and every time there was, like, the slightest breeze came by, I felt like I was going to be okay. I felt like a breeze, and I was like, oh, now it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But then when there wasn't a breeze, I got really anxious. Mm -hmm. And I would (laughs) start to... Feel like it was overheating and start to feel like just like very anxious and i couldn't tell how much of that was biological how much of it was like psychosomatic just you know in my head yeah but i was like oh i need to get out of here and i just went and sat down against a tree and for like the next two hours basically proceeded to like hug my knees to my chest mm-hmm. and just like rock back and forth where i had was in this like really terrible mental space just mm-hmm so scared so scared but you know what not that i'm saying it's a good thing that i did that because that's like a telltale story of like hey kids be respectful like don't like just be respectful of the environment you do these in be respectful of how often you do them um like take care of your body your bodies and your health is the only thing you have so just take care of all of that mm-hmm. but uh even from that experience I th- felt that gave me, like, a broader perspective on, like, religious experiences. Because I was, like, wow. I feel like in these two days, I've experienced, like, the total duality of religion. Where there's just, like, this great goodness in the world. And, like, higher transcendence. Mm-hmm. And there's also, like, this dark, dank, like, evil feeling. Just, I mean, that's what it felt yeah. like. It felt like death was creeping over me. And I just felt wow. so scared. And just, like, that fear. And I was, like... Wow, man. You know, I bet people who've had these sort of experiences of, like, transcendent highs and, like, these, like, frightening, terrifying, like, looking into the void lows. Yeah. Like, that's how, that's how religion's made. That's how we got God and that's how we got Satan. And that's how we got Jesus and Satan. That's how we got...
1: So it's, it might even not have been necessarily of a respect of the drug. Now that I'm hearing it again, it's like, maybe this was the next step Mm -hmm. of, like, what you were... Not, you know, not supposed to experience, but, like, what was next <laughs> sure, on, like, your yeah. list of, of thing to go through. So, <laughs> we don't know. Well, like yeah, you said, right. we don't, we don't know. Yeah. But this is an, it's, like, it usually from, like, what we've, in our friend group and what, who we've talked to, like, MDMA, you don't usually have that experience. No, that's,
0: this is, uh, this is pretty isolated. So like, I haven't talked to people who are, like, yeah, man, I had a really bad time on MDMA. Oh, man, felt like I was gonna die, and, like, had this spiritual experience at least people
1: that have done like pure mdma yes yeah totally i've known some people who ecstasy. have taken
0: like questionable substances who have more comparable experiences yeah um yeah man but uh, so that is, that is interesting maybe not so much yeah because the substance no. more because where i was at in life and that's just what i was going through like not not like i had a Gro- like a like a grocery list of like, all right, next thing to check off, like all those weird feelings of like being programmed with religion. What's that all about? Okay, after that, gonna cross off the fear of death and like maybe loving myself a little bit more. I don't know. Like, it, That's you know, so great. If only if only, only a, you know the spiritual list. Yeah, the spiritual list. <laughs> Everyone's got one. Got to
1: got to mark it off. Yeah, boy. <laughs> and, but even through that experience. Uh, after, like, 45 minutes, you were kind of back into
0: it. Like, yeah, that's you, true. Uh, you I made felt, it through. Definitely, yeah. I came back, ended up having a good time at the end. Uh, Saw Grillings. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> and, yeah! Yeah, and that was a great time. It was. It, it ended up being fantastic, man. So, yeah, dude. It, there's highs and lows, ups and downs mm-hmm. to all of these things. I wouldn't say, you know, it's hard to say anything is, like, objectively good. I, I'm definitely, like the possibilities of these sort of substances, especially someone who's gone through like traditional psychiatric care. And when people are like, here, have some, like, uh, have some of these antidepressants. Like, sense since this experience, while I was sort of like waning out of my depression through like antidepressants and weed and just, you know, thinking about my life and talking about it, talking helped me a bunch. I don't want to uh, understate that. Yeah. Talking about it with like a medical health professional, with a psychiatrist, just talking about my life, talking about my feelings for really like the first time in like a totally safe setting mm-hmm. was just so empowering and like so helpful and i can't like i really can't understate that value uh enough or overstate or understate uh understate yeah 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 i yeah. can't understate that value enough like just so important okay. overstate Overstate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the second one. Uh, <laughs> hopefully people know what I'm so trying to say as a bumble over my own words.
1: Like, comment, and subscribe if you know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> please, please, below. Oh, uh, Yeah, man. And
1: would you, I mean, who knows? But. Who knows? Who knows what? What, like, what would you think about skipping those original antidepressants? <clears throat>
0: What would I think about that? And, well, man.
1: <laughs> and like, I mean, I don't, who knows? who knows? I obviously like, I would love to paint a beautiful picture. I'm um, right, like, word. what if you just did
0: MDMA? I, I near thought about the beginning. That. And in fact, I sort of okay. asked my psychiatrist about that because I had a very honest relationship. I told her that I'd done it, and I was like, I feel this has, like, lifted me out of my depression, like, completely. Like, I just don't, I don't even identify with myself anymore with that version of myself that's depressed. And, of course, you know, it's Ooh. probably more of an additive thing identify. rather than a magic pill thing. Yeah, right. Identify. That was a big part, man, like, what you identify with in life. Like, who you are, the things you identify with in this, your identity is a, it's a construct. It's something that people have given to you, people, the society's formed around, and something you've given yourself. Yeah. You're like, my name's Adam Balk. And I like these things, and I'm a software engineer, and I live in da ba 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 da da. And it's like, <laughs> y- you have this constructed identity that I don't want to say isn't a real thing, because we're I mean we're navigating reality, but it's not like it can be whatever. Yeah. Like the fact that I was like a depressed person. After a while, it was almost kind of hard to leave that behind because you, there's a well, it's terrible, and I think a lot of people would say this you like have an identity in that depression you found like a sense of self in that depression and it's hard to abandon the sense of self because you're like that's who i am that's Mm. me and it's Mm -hmm. like that's that's not you that's just something that whoever you are you decided to identify with yeah and so like i no longer identify with my depressed self because of like you know I, i think like the final cherry on the top of it was that mdma experience And uh, I asked her about that because she was like, oh, yeah, you know, and she said she had, uh, yeah, she dabbled with these things in, like, (gasps) some point in her life. Oh, wow. And she was like, yeah, totally. Uh, That's an amazing experience to have. (laughs)
1: Same for a counselor that I've had, too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) right. It's so funny. It's like the ones that can't prescribe it, still do it. Yeah. They can't prescribe it, though. Yeah, they're just like,
0: <laughs> well, this is actually the best thing, but, you know, it's illegal, so um, you know, ask me about it on the streets or something. <laughs> um, they... Yeah, yeah, man, and I, so it's... I, I'm just going to answer that with a very plain Jane I don't know. I like Beca- that answer. Because I am where I am in life. Because the accumulation of all the things i've gone through and Mm -hmm. all of the substances i've ingested Mm -hmm. and all of the events i've gone through and the struggles i've gone through and it's hard to say like you know it's like well i wish i just got like the easy cheat code like (laughs) at the beginning of it and then i would have just been in the better place immediately like maybe maybe but i think life's a lot more complicated than that and i think while i was (laughs) um being prescribed those antidepressants and while i was on a heavy dose of disipramine I was kind of going through a different journey of like figuring things out on a different level. If somebody just like, while I was like at the low point of my depression, if I had to speculate, if I was at the low point of my depression and somebody's like, here, take this MDMA, it'll make you feel better. I think that could have actually put me in a really fucked up place. Potentially. Potentially. I, but you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's always, the, I don't know. How have you felt? This is something that I thought about before
1: where I think every time I've like tried a new like psychedelic substance it's felt like oh yeah i mean this was the perfect time in my life for this to <laughs> happen it kind of feels that way sometimes. isn't that weird yeah yeah like, oh, Well the first time i did mdma i was like totally makes sense this is the exact time when this was like <laughs> supposed to happen first time doing shrooms i was like yeah this makes sense this is when i would do this first time doing LSD. Yeah, <laughs> this is the exact moment <laughs> when this was supposed to happen. Right. And you can think of that as like, well, you can idealize I went, I that. Right. Because, um, it, it, you know, it gets you kind of in that spiritual bug, too, of like, oh, things just lined up perfectly. Yeah, right. You're like, but, I see
0: the cosmic, you know, the, the cosmic timeline, and this is exactly when this was supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: But... I don't know. When I think about it, it feels right. There's nothing where I'm trying to, uh, like, uh, justify anything. There's no, no, like, it's just like, no, that just feels right.
0: (laughs) No, man, yeah. Simple as that. And I think, uh, um, yeah, no, 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 man. I, I, like, completely agree. And I think even looking back at these points on your life and being like, oh, like, honestly, in general, like, looking back into my past... And being like, what if I rearranged like the timeline blocks in oh, yeah. my past? And what yeah. if I did this instead you can do of that? that. For literally everything. Yeah, you <laughs> it can would play be really silly. <laughs> you can play the what-if game your whole life if you'd like to. Yeah, it's a really fruitless and stupid game, but totally. you can totally play the what-if game. Uh, I prefer to focus on more like what I'm doing right now, and occasionally looking at, like, where I'm going. Yeah. And I think that's, like, been a pretty good way to live life so far. Yeah, it's pretty- that's...
1: I like that a lot! Yeah, That's, that's kind of what I've subscribed to at the moment. Yeah,
0: dude, likewise, likewise. Anibal, is there any last words for now? Uh, you know what, man? I think... This has been a great conversation, man. I, I love you, Seth Pearson. Love you, Adam Balk. I love you, too. And I love that we can talk about these things. And Me, too. I also hope that uh, I wasn't too far away from this microphone for this whole nope, walk. No,
1: you were not. Are you sure? You were it's doing great. Great. Yep.
0: Fantastic. This
1: mic is made for bi-directional recording.
0: Ooh, ooh, fancy. Mono I bi-directional <laughs> recording. Dude, mono and bi. That's right. That's
1: right, podcast listeners. <laughs> we have upgraded from the standard iPhone mic. To an, uh, a mic attached.
0: Dude, this this via the is, yeah. lightning
1: port, and uh, let me tell you, I hope it's upping the game. I hope you appreciate it.
0: Yeah, this podcast has a budget now. It sort does. Oh of. my god,
1: <laughs> it's great. Um, wow, of Volk, what a fucking great episode this has been. Yes. Yeah, man.
0: Yes. Been fantastic. I have Thanks the best friends. Me, I have the best <laughs> friends.
1: I have the best friends. I don't know how.
0: <laughs> just happens sometimes. They, they just
1: kind of fall into my lap. Beautiful.
0: Man.
1: Wow, many thanks to one of my best friends at a box for being so freaking open and giving us basically all the details. Every minor detail uh, shared of his experience going through college and life and where he's at now pretty much um thank you so much for listening guys follow me on twitter seth underscore pearson uh for more info and updates same with loveamp.com um it's exciting because uh basically two hours from recording this outro right now going to be doing another love amped experience with someone and i'm really excited to share more about that later um so cool uh love yourselves out there guys and talk to you later oh shit keep enjoying this song listen to this look at that i'm gonna go back to all the other episodes and add this to the intro and outro because it's just freaking great all right see ya Bye.
0: This was Love Amped, a podcast by Seth Pearson. Check out loveamped.com
1: for more info on today's topic.